what we very quickly learned is that events were the fastest, one of the fastest paths to having um, a lot of success in business and having a consistent flow of clients and cash flow coming in through your business. That was my friend Alexis Caldecock, and she is with A Team Event Company. She has an amazing reputation in the event space, and this isn't just for people who are holding events and hosting events. This is for people who are also attending events. And you should be attending events as a business owner, whether it be a small networking event or an event on a larger scale, something where you're learning. Maybe there's 200 or 300 people in attendance. I know for me, those have been big business changers, not just from what I learn at the events, but from the people that I meet. And Alexis is going to tell you how to close five to six figures in three days or less by hosting, speaking, or attending an event. And she is going to go step by step on how to create your first event so you see those five to six figures or what to do as an attendee of an event so you see those five to six figures. Make sure you are listening and you are taking notes if you can because this is going to be a good one. And she is going to mention some things here. Don't worry, it is all going to be in the show notes. I do get all of these episodes transcribed and I do also turn them into blog posts. So if you're driving right now or maybe you're working out, don't worry, you can go online at mediamavenandmore.com click on podcast, and you will find this episode with the show notes. So everybody, meet Alexis. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy event planning and running schedule to chat with me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Christina. So glad to be here. Okay, first, let's start off by just telling everybody what it is that you do exactly. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So I own a team event company, you know, like the show, the old show, the a team. So I own the company, a team event company. And what we do is we help mission driven entrepreneurs uh, use events to close five to six figures in sales in three days or less. Um, And we love doing that because we want to help people make a bigger impact. So that's why we work with mission driven entrepreneurs. We want to help them make a big impact with what they do that's a big part of their mission. And we want them to be able to live the life that they love at the same time. So we we love helping people use events to do that because it's such such a great way to, to have a successful business and make an impact at the same time. Okay, and you do it in three days or less. We're gonna get into like the nitty gritty, but why specifically yeah. three days or less? Um, well, because it can happen that fast. <laughs> I mean, there's usually some ramp up time and things you have to prepare, of course. But with the three days or less, what that means is someone could be going to someone else's event to get clients, whether it's as an attendee or a speaker or a sponsor. Um, 
and they could be going to an event that's three days or two days or one day and leave with a client, or they could be putting on their own event that could be a one day, a two day or a three day event. So within that time frame of the event, the three days or less, depending on how long the event is, they can close clients um, there on the spot. Okay. And how did you get into all of this? Like, what is your background? Oh, I will give you the short of the long version (laughs) of that. But like a lot of people, I went to college for something completely different. (laughs) Um, I went to school for music therapy and psychology, which I love, love, love. Um, And it does come in handy with what I do now. Uh, Music is a big part of putting on a successful event. But when I was in college, uh, one of my friends, she had a very successful consulting business and she was able to get it to six figures in less than two years, which was amazing. And so she wanted to start a new consulting business where she could help other people do the same. So while I was in college, she said, hey, why don't you come work with me um, on this project, on this new business while you're in school? And then that way you can learn, because she knew that my vision was always to be a business owner and use music therapy and psychology. And I was going to heal the world (laughs) with love and music. So she said, come work with me. So I basically got to be a sponge and learn about what really worked and see the inside of what went into a profitable and successful business. And what we very quickly learned is that events were the fastest, one of the fastest paths to having um, a lot of success in business and having a consistent flow of clients and cash flow coming in through your business. So um, I got to learn from the best in the business. Um, I always give credit where credit is due. People like Callan Rush, Lisa Sasevich, uh, David Nagel, Suzanne Evans, all, a lot of those people that <clears throat> are known for putting on six, seven figure events, what works and what doesn't work. So I got to learn <laughs> without a whole lot of trial and error, what actually works and what doesn't work. And then from there, um, when I was in college, I had a lot of people asking me to do it for them, just like I was doing it for her um, at their events, because each event, we got it down to a science where twice a year, they would hold a three-day event, and they would close over six figures every single time, like clockwork. So Once, you know, word got out that I was creating that for them, of course, other people wanted help. And as they say, the rest is history. Okay. I never heard that story before. That's so cool. I love that. Okay. So you and I, we actually met at an event and it was a big event. Um, I want to get to that in a second. I don't want to talk about big events. I do want to talk about small events. But first, I want to talk about using events. You mentioned you can use events as an attendee to get business. And most people who are going to events, they're going as attendees. They're not sponsors or they're not speakers or they're not throwing them. They're actually an attendee. And my mindset has always been, I'm coming here to learn. I'm going to take what I learn and I'm going to Mm -hmm. apply it to my business and grow. And honestly, before I started talking to you and learning about what you did, it never even crossed my mind to use the event as a networking opportunity to grow my business, which sounds so stupid because it obviously (laughs) can be that, but I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what should people do to actually earn business, not just by learning at the event, but by actually getting clients at the event? Yeah, that is, that is such a great observation, Christina, and you're not alone and certainly not stupid. (laughs) Um, but it, you know, it is, it's a great opportunity 
um, to get clients at events like that because, you know, I mean, number one, there's someone that's like-minded, so you're going to want to work with them, more, more likely to want to work with them because there's someone that's there trying to learn as well. Um, do you want me to get into a little, you know, tips and yeah, tips can on you, how to can do you it? Yeah, can you give us some tips? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, first of all, when I started doing this and I had kind of phased out from having a couple major clients and it was kind of my moment to spread my wings and like, all right, if I'm going to do this event business, I'm going to go big. And I had to let go of a few of my main clients. And so it was a very scary time because it was three months away from my wedding. (laughs) Um, So it was your own big event. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the funnest one I've planned yet. (laughs) Um, yeah, so it was a scary time for me um, to do that, but I knew that I could go to events, look for my ideal clients, have amazing messaging ready to go, and I could leave with clients and everything would be okay. I just had to tell myself, okay, you've done this before, just go out and do it. Let's, you know, it's time to go big. So I started going to conferences and events, and that's what helped me to get my business to a six figure business in less than two years as well was going to where I knew my ideal clients were. Instead of trying to look for them and spray and pray, as they say on the internet, you know, I looked up where my ideal clients going, what other sources and and resources and help do they need? I looked up those events, I qualified them, made sure they were going to be worth the time and the money, right, to go to it. And then when I was there, um, some of the tips and tricks that we teach our clients in our cash room conferences program is as an attendee, um, there's a few things. Number one, you, you always want to be observant of your surrounding and what's going on in the room. So if you see someone that is constantly going up to the mic and asking lots of questions. Oh, was that me? Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> Well, you are known for this, but that, that <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good thing. You're a reporter and you just want to make sure that you're clear and you understand everything. That's a good thing. Thank you, Alexis. <laughs> it is. It is. But that's a great marker of who is a great client because it's someone that's hungry, that's thirsty, that wants to learn more, that is ready to go. That's an action taker. They're fearless, right? Because it takes guts to go up to the mic in front of a room and ask questions. Well, for some people, maybe not you, Christine, but for some people. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean because a lot of people, they don't want to put themselves out there. They're afraid right. of what people will think. But again, if you are going to an event, you're probably, you're investing time and money. So you want to get the most yeah. out of it. And if you're not asking absolutely. questions, you're not getting the most out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when someone goes up to the mic, that's a, an, you know, an indicator that you want to um, kind of, casually (laughs) bump into them somewhere and start talking. Um, But also you going to the mic. Um, And this is a great tactic, but I I also have to throw in a disclaimer with it. Going to the mic and asking questions yourself is also a great way just to get your name known out to the room and what you do. So when you go up to the mic, if you have like a 10 second thing that you can say of, hi, my name is Alexis and I help entrepreneurs uh, sell five to six figures in three days or less. And my question is, Mm -hmm, I like that, right? So if you have something really quick to say at the mic, that's like piques people's attention and makes their head go up right from taking their notes. And then you ask a really good, thoughtful question that gets you noticed in the room. And if you do that just a couple of times, 
um, that helps you get noticed in the room. But my disclaimer with that is you have to do it with the right intention. Like obviously part of your reason is to get noticed, but it actually has to be a question that you really want to know the answer to because people can see right through phony. phony. Mm -hmm. So it has to be a true question that's going to provide value to the room and to provide value to yourself. Um, also to be respectful for the event host, right? It's not a pitch vest. You're not going up on their stage without being invited. You're not going to start selling your services from the mic. So I just got to throw that disclaimer out there that yes, that is a great way to do it, but you have to be respectful and you actually have to have a good question. That's so um, good. I mean, you're reminding me a lot of like how you pitch the media. Like so many people are so overly promotional and that's why it doesn't work for them. But it's like Mm -hmm. when people come from, no, I want to help the journalists do their job then it's beneficial. I mean, it, it, there's so many similarities here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about coming from a place of service, mm-hmm. service to the room, service to the event host and service to yourself. Right. But not in a over the top way. Okay. So now I want to ask <laughs> about like after that, like having a conversation with somebody because mm-hmm. I hate it when I'm at an event and it's just very obvious that somebody's just trying to network to sell me their stuff that I just don't want to buy. So, so, you know, you have, you see the person going to the mic, you go to the mic, people are coming to you. You have people you want to go to. How do you actually have that conversation where it's like, yes, we're here to learn, but I'm going to try to, you know, get you as a lead to become a client, but I don't want to be so obvious about it. Like, what does that conversation look like? Right, right. Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, and one of the biggest ones that comes up and, um, I won't go off too much in this cause I could teach this forever, but basically what we teach our clients is when you go to an event as an attendee or even as a sponsor with the booth, there's two types of salespeople that you want to be either the hunter or the gatherer. So the hunter is that kind of person that you just described that is just like out there. They are hunting, man. They've got their, you know, they've got their gun behind them and they're ready to go and they're stalking for stalking for prey and, and looking for all the indicators of, oh, this person looks well put together and, oh, this person does da 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 And they're searching the room. And honestly, Christina, some people have that down and they are masters at it. And it's not in like a slimy, sleazy way, but you have to be really good at it and have really skillful questions to use so that people don't feel like you just felt like you described, right? Yeah. And there's the other style, and I could go way longer into the hunter and how to do that, but the other style, which is my style, is the gatherer. So the gatherer is someone, um, of course, you have really great messaging on what you do, very clear and concise, whether you're the hunter or the gatherer. But as the gatherer, you just kind of put your message and you put your vibes out there and people come to you. They gather to you because they see you know what you're talking about. You've got your stuff together. Um, what you're saying is clear and compelling. And they just when people see that, they naturally are drawn to you like a magnet. I like so, that. Yeah. So, and it's just, and I, I had learned that again, the hard way right before my wedding, I went to this big conference in in the summer and the first day I was the hunter. Oh man. I was scouring that room and like, Oh, I need a client. I need a client. I got to get a client scouring that room. And I had a meltdown at the end of the day. I'm like, why isn't this going well? No one's really talking to me. It's da, 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 da. I'm talking to my fiance now, business partner, and husband, Aaron. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, 
babe, you're not being you. You're trying to be this other person you know who's a hunter in the room. You're not a hunter. He's like, just enjoy the event and relax and be calm. And whatever happens, happens. If you get a client, great. If not, you're learning amazing information. So just relax, enjoy the, the conference. And whatever happens, happens. And just like making that mental switch in my head of not being in this scarcity mode and attack, 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 and just be myself, have fun, enjoy the information, be really curious. You know, then all of a sudden it was like everything flipped. People started attracting to me. They wanted people would come up to me and ask me questions like, oh, I heard you say this on the mic and I had a question about this or they would want to come and sit with me at lunch. So when you're in your own natural style and you have clear, compelling messaging and you've got your stuff together, people are drawn to you. So when to answer your question about the conversations is as a gatherer, it's really just like playing catch with someone. Mm -hmm. Very simple, you know, kind of like this, Christina, right, with a podcast is you're tossing me the ball with a question. It's a very simple question. You pass it to me. I hold the ball. I answer the question and I pass it back to you. So the same is true when you're in that kind of environment with someone. It's just a simple, natural conversation. It's when we get into our heads that we get too flustered and we're worried about what are we going to say. You just have to be present with people. Just be yourself and do what you can you know, to just be present and in that moment with the person and have a real dialogue and just play catch with them back and forth with questions, not with any intention um, or trying to steer the conversation a certain way. Your opening will come up. And if you're present, you'll hear it and you can naturally steer the conversation your way. I love that. I'm definitely a gatherer since you um, yes. <laughs> since you mentioned the two. I'm definitely a gatherer. And, and let for me sure. tell you why this also probably works better for people. I mean, yes, you can be a hunter and be really good at it. But I like the gatherer method because I, I get my leads this way, not at events, but through PR in the media. I'm always putting myself out there and people are coming to me and I find – that it's a lot easier to close a sale when you're a gatherer because people already know, like, and trust you before yes. they even have that first conversation with you because you have put yourself out there so much. Right. Absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. That's very good for anybody who's at attending an event anytime soon to keep in mind when they go to events. Um, yes. And we mentioned, I mentioned that we met at a big event, but I want to talk about small events because I feel like out of the gate, if somebody is thinking about throwing an event, they're not going to start with a big event. They should probably start small. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess that. I'm not the expert, but I'm going to assume that. Um, That's a good guess. So I want to talk about small events and how, I mean, really just like how you should start one. Like if you should start, like how do you know if, if you are going to even throw a small event? Like where should you even begin? Right. Yeah, great question. Um, well, with small events, um, absolutely, that's where you should start is small events. You're not going to go from I've never done an event, I've never made an offer to the room to all of a sudden, I'm going to throw this amazing three day huge event with 100 people and I'm going to be the next guru and star. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> so sometimes we have to give people a very loving 
but uh, firm reality check sometimes when they come to us and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. It's okay, great. That is a great goal and a great vision for the future. Let's look at where you are and make sure that it makes sense and get you a successful event under your belt and make a little money. And then you can reinvest that and grow to a bigger one. So sometimes our eyes are a little bit bigger than our stomachs and we have to just start where we're at. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you can have a small event your first time and make great money. So a great place to start, um, and uh, actually, Christina, I can share this with you and your group if it would help, but we have what we call an event-ready checklist, and that's where we have all of our clients, the clients that are doing the big three-day events and the clients that are doing the small one-day or 90-minute workshop um, that they start with doing to just to make sure that they're ready. Cause there's a lot of things that you need to have in place and make sure that you've got together that just gets overlooked until you're halfway through the planning process. And you're like, Oh, I should have done this before. My life would be so much easier and stress-free if I had done this. Okay. Where can people get that checklist? That sounds like money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, it is good. I go through it myself to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Um, it's very simple. Eventreadychecklist.com. So www.eventreadychecklist.com checklist.com. Okay. Awesome. I will also put that in the show notes so people can grab that. Okay. Cool. You mentioned a 90 minute, a 90 minute workshop or a one day workshop. Let's, let's talk about that. How would you start planning a 90 minute workshop or a one? I mean, I'm sure there are probably a lot of differences, but let's just keep it small. Where do you begin? Absolutely. The first place you want to begin is you want to make sure that you have a solid strategy for your event. Always, always with everyone that we work with, we start with an event strategy session because that is your foundation for everything. And the event has to make sense. It has to make sense with your long-term vision for your business and where you want to take it. And then from there, what what is your offer? Who is it for? Obviously, a very specific ideal um, clientele that you're targeting this event towards. It's not to the masses. And then what is it that they really need? Right. What do they need support with and how do you want to work with them? Right. So we we do a quiz with our clients to make sure that they're delivering their offer and working with their clients in a way that they would love because you can promise the same outcome and deliver it in multiple ways. For example, I could do it from my offer could be come to my series of events and you're going to learn X, Y, Z, or it could be work with me one-on-one and you're going to learn the same X, Y, Z. So we, we make sure that their offer that they're making at their event is going to be delivered to their new clients in a way that they love. So they don't end up hating life (laughs) working with clients in a way that doesn't match their personality. Um, so making sure you have a good offer that matches your personality, um, and then making sure you have really, again, clear, compelling and magnetic messaging that attracts people to your event. That is, is key. And that is where we see one of the biggest pitfalls with people in their events is it's too broad. Um, they're not reverse engineering their event so that it's leading up to the offer and their marketing is just all over the place. It's not clear. They're not educating people and delivering value before they ask them to come to the event. It's just come to my event, come to my event, come to my event. And their emails and their social media, that's all it is. It's no, there's no nurturing. There's no loving up on them before you ask them to marry you, you know, um, just like when you're dating someone, you ask them out for coffee. You don't just take them to bed <laughs> right away. So the same is true with well, your you event shouldn't. marketing. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on your personality. That's another conversation for another yeah. podcast. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things that we see that people aren't doing is they're not, um, creating the breadcrumb trail for people to lead up to the event. And they're not positioning themselves as that trusted advisor and friend so that when they have a problem in your area of expertise, it's, Oh yeah, I'm calling Christina. Obviously I got to call Christina about this and make sure that I get on the Oprah show. Right. If the Oprah show was still around. No, she's got a mag. She's got a whole network. Oh yeah. So many opportunities, but let me tell you like the most competitive and that's what everybody asks for. I'm like, no, stop (laughs) asking for the most competitive things, people. Um, okay. So I like that, how that's step one, because that sounds like the most important step. If you don't have a solid strategy, if you don't know who it's for, what they need, how you want to work with them, then everything else is probably going to fall apart. So you have that buckled down and then what's next? Oh, okay. So what's next after that? Um, well, once you've got your messaging down and clear, what we do is we go through and we create a marketing um, calendar with our clients of how we're going to fill the event and what is the marketing going to be. Um, and then from there, it's just sticking to the plan and the strategy. There's a lot of ways to fill events, even if you have a very small list. We have over 23 ways that you can fill an event. Okay. I don't want to have not gonna you go do through all 23 because that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that would be the hardest part. Is that not the hardest part? It is. It is. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It absolutely is. Even the the biggest people in the business coaching industry, that whole um, industry, those gurus, even they are having a hard time filling the room. Sometimes Um, they're able to do it because they have great connections and relationships and a loyal list and everything. But it's still you know, that's where you spend the bulk of your time with an event is getting people in there or getting butts in seats, as they say in the industry. Okay, so let's talk about the butts in the seats because I like <laughs> the way that sounds. Um, give me, don't give me 23 reasons. Um, everybody can go to eventreadychecklist.com for all 23, but give me a couple. Yeah, yeah. Or just email me. I have, a, I can give them the list of the 23 ways that's not in the event ready checklist, but I'd be happy to share that as right, well. What's just your email? email me. Um, email info at a team, a T E A M event company.com info at show notes. So people can find that easily. Um, okay. A couple reasons or a couple ways. We know the reasons, um, a couple (laughs) ways to fill the event. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you my top ones, no matter who you are, what size your list is, how big the event is. Number one way to fill your event is to pick up the phone. I hate that. I know people I don't, don't like, like I know it. <laughs> I know it. That's what everybody says, but it is always the best way to do it. But the good thing is you could eventually hire someone to do it for you. You don't have to do it yourself. Um, but when you're doing an event, especially when you're starting out, which is what we originally started talking about, right, is doing like a small one day or a 90 minute workshop, you have to pick up the phone. It is just, it is always number one, the best way to fill an event. Because you get them on the phone, you get to answer the questions they have, and you can get them to purchase the ticket right there on the phone. They, they need that um, person-to-person accountability to make a decision in that moment. If it's just email, you know, with great compelling copy, you can get them to say yes. But sometimes, you know, people just need that extra nudge or that personal reach out. So 
you know, we track and see who's opening the emails, who's really engaged or who, you know, has inquired in the past. So who are your hot leads? And we always start there with your hot leads, calling every single one of them. And it's intense. It's a lot of phone calls being made. But at the end, when you've got a hundred grand in the bank, it's worth it. And who do you know? How do you know who to call? Yeah. So your hot leads. So I would call your past and current clients, right? Because they could come to the event and either they'll bring people with them or they'll buy something themselves and re-engage if they're a past client. Um, and any of your hot leads. So anyone, I think we're all guilty of this, Christine. I think we all have a stack of cards hidden somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's on our desk or whatever. And we need to get to them. We need to call them. Those are the people you call. You reach for those cards. You call those people. You connect with them, catch up with them, tell them what you're up to in your event. Do they want to come? Do they know someone that can come? And anyone else that's a hot lead that you've met either at um, when you had a vendor booth and or you spoke from stage or just anyone that you've met that expressed some kind of interest, you're going to call them. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Give me give me one more way besides picking up the phone, which I would totally hire you to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, another good way to fill the event. I'm trying to think of something that people don't hear super often. Um, obviously speaking, speaking is a great way to, um, fill your event if you're able to, but if we're talking local, small events, someone just getting started like a one day or a 90 minute workshop, I would say go out networking, Mm -hmm. look at where, like we talked about before, right. With attending conferences and events at the beginning of this, this is a great way to fill your event too. So again, great marketing message for your event. That's to a specific, um, target market. Um, and then you go to the events where those people are gathering. I've had people even go to like a curves, you know, the fitness place for women, um, or yoga studios or whatever, depending on what your event is about, your workshop is about. If your, your target market is women that are trying to lose weight or mothers or something like that. I've had clients go to curves and put up flyers, (laughs) you know, it's where are your people gathering and think outside of the box, not everyone has the same ideal client and they're a business owner. That's not everyone's and that's okay. There's all kinds of places we gather together because that's what we do as humans. So where can you go thinking outside of the box where they are going? You know, our, one of our business coaches, Christina, she went to Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where she found her people. So there's all kinds of places you can go to find your people and you go with a ticket to your event or a flyer for your event and you have great casual conversations, show interest in them like we talked about. And then when they ask what you do and what you're up to, then you can share about your event and you get them to register there on the spot or you call them and follow up with them. I love it. That's great. Okay. I'm definitely going to link to your email address so people can get all 23 ways. So they'll have the event ready checklist at Mm -hmm. eventreadychecklist.com so they can um, set everything up from start to finish. They can email you for more help and those 23 ways to fill the event. And I, I love step, step one, which is getting the strategy and then step three, which is just sticking to the strategy because I'm sure there comes a time when you're, you know, faced with some hurdles or maybe the space you, you booked is double booked, or maybe you have questions about, 
you know, should I charge people to come to the event? Should the event be free? And then I sell them something at the event. Like there's so much. So I like sticking to the plan and strategy because I'm going to guess, depending on these things that happen from start to finish, lots of things are up in the air and changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hit it right on the head. And we always have that conversation with our clients of, you know, now that we have this great strategy in place, we've all, we're all on board. We all signed off on it. We have to make sure that we stick to this. Cause just like you said, Christina, stuff does come up and doubt comes up, right? Mm -hmm. That's where my degree in psychology comes in handy (laughs) because when you're doing something to grow in any way, shape or form, things are going to happen whether internally or externally, that's going to make you want to retreat back and not grow. So even if it's just mindset that comes up, you might want to start deviating from the plan. So we have to look back and say, okay, this is why we were, we said we were going to car- charge this amount for tickets and why we're not doing it for free. This is why we're making this offer and charging this much instead of this. So that becomes like our North Star is that event strategy that we create so that when things come up, we go back, revi- we revisit it from a time when we were clear and not triggered from whatever outside situation is going on. And we stick to that, stick to the strategy. I love that. Okay, so when the day comes where I host an event, whether it be a 90-minute workshop or a one-day event, I am 100% going to hire you and not try to do this on my own because it really just sounds like so much work and you don't want to do it for this. I mean, just like anything in business, right? You don't want to do it for the sake of doing it, but you want to do it strategically and you want to do it with a professional. So you do see an ROI after it. You don't, absolutely I mean, putting on an event, like that's a lot of work, even if it's just a 90 minute it workshop, is. you know, like it really it is. is a lot of work to get the right people there and to the point where you can see an ROI from it. So I would definitely be reaching out to you and everybody um, head to eventreadychecklist.com and info at ateameventcompany.com. Again, all of that information is in the show notes. If you're driving or jogging right now and you can't, uh, you can't jot that down. It is in the show notes to this episode. Thank you so much, Alexis. You have been absolutely amazing. So helpful. I am not like an event person. I've always just attended and I've made the silly mistake of not networking <sighs> while I'm at an event. So I learned so much today. Good, good. I'm so glad. And now next time you go to an event, you're going to be asking amazing questions and you're going to pick up some clients while you're there. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. I actually... <laughs> did pick up a client at the last event I went to. Are you proud? See, I'm so proud. Good job. I'm so glad. I worked my gatherer persona and I gathered somebody and sold her. Nice. Good for you. I'm glad. So it must've been a great client since you were at the same event. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Alexis. You are so welcome. Thank you. And thank you everyone. I loved this podcast episode because I really learned a lot. I've known Alexis for over a year now. I know she is an expert in what she does, but I have never really sat down and talked to her about how to use events to earn more revenue in your business. And I always just thought she helped people put on events to make money, which she does. But She also helps all of those people who are attending events as well, because let's be honest, more people are attending events than they are hosting events. I know just in the last couple of months, I've attended three. I have, no, I've attended four. I've attended four and I have spoken at three of them and I'm 
earning revenue from them, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, some of it's short-term, some of it's long-term. So everything Alexis talked about is so important for you in your business. I also want to remind you to head to mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity to get in on my brand new, just released, three-day media class, Pitch Publicity Profit. And I'm excited to come back next week with another podcast episode where we are hearing from Facebook expert extraordinaire Bond, Amanda Bond, will be here and she does something pretty amazing in this episode. So you are not going to want to miss it.